The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Chad Young. Hello and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As the man said, my name is Chad Young. You can find me on Twitter at Chad Young. Light day of action on the field, light day of transactions off the field. Let's get into it. The Mets activated Dominic Smith off the aisle and immediately optioned him to AAA. Smith seemed to have turned a corner thanks to a change in approach in 2019 and 2020, but that looks more and more like a 400 plate appearance aberration rather than something we can expect him to repeat. Gotta wonder if he gets non-tendered this offseason and whether or not a change of scenery might help turn him around. On a similar depressing note, Jared Kelnick optioned AAA Tacoma on Thursday. Kelnick's most recent promotion lasted all of 27 plate appearances. And while I could rattle off a series of numbers to tell you how bad it was, this is a case where WRC Plus does its job. His WRC Plus, since being promoted at the end of July, is negative 36. Negative 36. I was actually really excited about this promotion. He'd been hitting well at AAA. I still believe in the talent, but at this point, I'm not sure what he needs to do. I'm cutting ties with my last Kelnick, and I won't be buying back in anytime soon. The talent is real, but it just doesn't look like it's going to come together. The Mariners also designated Luis Torrens for assignment. Torrens had a surprisingly productive 2021, but with Cal Raleigh in the midst of a breakout and Kirk Casale now around to back him up, Torrens really has no more place on the team. Those moves helped create space in the roster for the M's to activate Julio Rodriguez, as Scott Chu had speculated on the show yesterday. Rodriguez should be back in the lineup when the Mariners start their series in Texas today. Atlanta has lost Max Freed for at least one start as he was placed in the seven-day concussion IL. He banged his head on the ground fielding the ball a couple days ago. We'll need some time to recover. For now, the Atlanta rotation is Morton, Odorizzi, Strider, Wright, and Ian Anderson, but we'll see what they do next. Freed could start a game as soon as early next week, so maybe they can manage around this. We'll be interested to see if Ian Anderson stays up. Remember, he was just sent down and can only pitch this weekend because he's a 27th man for a doubleheader. Otherwise, he has to stay down for a minimum of 10 days, but he could be called up sooner than that as an injury replacement. They could also call up someone like Kyle Muller. Just watch their probables for Sunday and Monday to see what they do. Jonathan India had to be pulled from the field of dreams game after being hit in the leg by a pitch. He didn't come out immediately after being hit and x-rays showed no breaks. He just came out because there was some swelling. So hopefully this is just precautionary. Have to watch for updates and see if he is in the lineup this weekend. 
day off wouldn't be a huge surprise. Elias Diaz likely headed to the IL. He injured his hand on a swing the other day and an MRI showed no breaks, but did show some ligament damage. Jonathan Daza also had to be taken out of the Rockies game after making a catch, rolling over and apparently popping his shoulder out. He popped it back in, but he may need some time off. Both Daza and Diaz have been decent deep league plays at home, but not much more. Kyle Schwarber day-to-day after leaving the Phillies game with what the team is calling a mild calf strain. The Phillies have a huge series of the Mets coming up. They are in a tight race for wildcard spot, and they really can't afford to be without Schwarber. Part of that is because they are still without Bryce Harper, and we got some news on him as well. He is backing off his throwing program due to recurring stiffness in his elbow. That's the elbow where he has UCL damage and could theoretically need Tommy John surgery. For fantasy purposes, this may not be a big deal as he's still hitting and could come back to DH, but not a great sign does raise my concern level a bit. We also got a less than ideal update on Shane Boz, who had imaging done that went well, but won't begin a throwing program for a couple weeks. Given that timing plus the need for a full ramp up, it's pretty unlikely he'll be back in time to impact the 2022 fantasy season if he's back at all this year. Still a very good stash for the future in keeper leagues, though. Watch the Dodgers lineup for Max Muncy today. He hurt his hand on Wednesday and the Dodgers were off Thursday, so today's the day we learn whether or not he's ready to go or might need a little bit of time off. Some pitchers either getting called up or returning from the IL to make starts this weekend. Detroit plans to call up Daniel Norris to start at Chicago today. He's been much better in AAA since coming back to the Detroit org, but all of that success is resting on a perilously unsustainable home run per fly ball rate and guaranteed rate field. Not the best place to avoid home runs. The Guardians are also making a promotion to start this weekend, and a more interesting one, I think. Peyton Battenfield, who made the Others to Consider section of Greg Gibbons' recent Starting Pitchers to Stash article, is an interesting prospect of a step below some of the other big names in the Guardians organization. He is joining the roster without being added to the 40-man, as he's replacing the unvaccinated James Karinchek, who will miss the team's trip to Toronto. That is part of the reason I don't think Battenfield's a guy you want to jump on for fantasy leagues right now. This is likely a one-shot deal. It's against the Jays in Toronto, just not a great matchup. But he's an interesting name to remember if he gets another shot, especially if Saturday goes well. If they call him up again, it will be to put him on the 40-man, and at that point, he may stick around. Lastly, don't forget to grab Lance McCullers tonight if you're interested in slotting him in for his season debut against Oakland on Saturday. Unlike Battenfield and Norris, this is a nice, soft landing spot, and we know what he's capable of. I'm planning to use him in a couple spots. On the field, Stephen Kwan is now hitting 22 of his last 23 games. The one he didn't hit in, by the way, he was 0 for 2 and was pulled early due to an injury. He's very close to having a very long hitting streak. Thursday, he had just one hit, but it was a solo home run, his third on the year. He also walked twice and stole a base. Kwan went through a rough stretch after that scorching start. But since moving to leadoff spot full-time on June 24th, he has a 318-382-410 slash line. He's stolen six bases while being caught just once. Over that stretch, he is stealing bases at a 20-steal pace, scoring runs at 100-run pace, all while offering elite average and on-base percentage. The power is limited, the power is going to be limited, but there's more value here for fantasy than you might think. And this is after, at least it seems, pitchers adjusted and he adjusted back. Marcus Simeon, one for three with a couple walks, a couple runs, an RBI, and his 17th home run Thursday. He has a WRC plus over 130 since June 1st with a 30-25 home run stolen base pace. I feel like people are sleeping on what a great season he's having. He would be a prime trade target for me as deadlines approach. With three hits Thursday following two on Wednesday, Yasmani Grandal has five hits over two games for the first time all year. He also hit his third home run on Thursday. Catcher's such a mess that I would happily bet on Grandal to turn things around. The upside is much higher than with almost anyone else. Paul Goldschmidt went 3 for 5 with a home run, 2 runs, and 3 RBIs, while Nolan Gorman was 2 for 4 with a home run, 2 runs, and an RBI, as well as a walk. 
It's Colorado, so, you know. But Gorman continues to flash talent that goes above and beyond his line for this year. And Goldie, well, Goldie's just Goldie. Emmanuel Rivera has only been with the D-backs for a week, but what a week it has been. After going 3-for-5 with two doubles and a home run Thursday, he is now 7-for-19 with two home runs, three doubles, six runs, and four RBI. I'm still just watching, but this is getting interesting. Other home runs on Thursday, Javi Baez hit his 11th, Martin Maldonado is 12th, Alex Bregman his 14th. He's putting up the best stretch we've seen from him in a couple years. Andrew Vaughn hit his 12th, Vinny Pascantino his 6th, Nolan Arenado hit number 24, Brendan Rodgers number 11, and Ryan McMahon number 12. As for stolen bases, Charles LeBlanc stole his 2nd, Andreas Jimenez his 14th, the Royals just running wild. Nate Eaton got his first, Nicky Lopez his 12th, and Bobby Witt Jr. his 22nd. But wait until you hear about the Pittsburgh-Arizona game. Josh Van Meter got his 4th, Cabrian Hayes his 13th, O'Neill Cruz is 6th, Greg Allen is 3rd, Jordan Luplo nabbed his 5th, and Dalton Varsho got his 8th all in that one game. Jorge Mateo also stole his 27th on Thursday, Nick Madrigal got his 2nd, and Dong Knowledge showed that he's capable of diversity of thought as Patrick Wisdom stole his 7th. On the bump on Thursday, Drew Smiley stole the show at the Field of Dreams game. He went only 5 innings, but they were 5 shutout innings with 4 hits and 2 walks. He struck out 9 thanks to 18 whiffs. He has a solid schedule coming up, so worth grabbing and riding him because he looked pretty good. Opposite of Nick Lodolo was really disappointing. Four runs over four and two-thirds innings. And he's a little lucky that it was only four as he gave up seven hits and four walks. The six strikeouts are nice, but not enough given everything else. He has Philly next, and that's not great. I still believe in the talent, but the walks are becoming an issue, and he's just not reliable right now and probably won't be the rest of this year. Edward Cabrera not dominant with 11 whiffs and a 31% CSW, but that's pretty good, and he shut out the Phillies over five and two-thirds. That's no joke. He struck out six, walked two, allowed three hits. Cabrera, 43% rostered at Yahoo, 63% at CBS. Those numbers should both increase significantly. I would make him a priority pickup if I'm in one of those leagues where he is available. Zach Plesak looked very good Thursday, striking out seven and walking just one, allowing one run on four hits over six and a third. He had 14 whiffs, but just a 21% CSW. Yeah, it was against the Tigers. It's hard to bet on him to repeat that. However, his next start, also against Detroit, and I would happily use him there. Framber Valdez, brilliant as ever Thursday, holding the Rangers scoreless and four hits over seven innings pitch. He struck out eight, walked one, got eight ground outs, just nasty stuff. Dylan Cease, another start of just one earned run, giving up that run on three hits over six innings pitch. Struck out eight and walked two. Again, only goes six innings, which gave the pen time to give up four more runs, so no win for Cease. The win in that one went to Zach Grinke, who went six and a third shutout, scattering nine hits. Struck out five, didn't walk any. Even after this, Grinke's season line isn't that great. With Minnesota next, I would stay away. But I'll continue to keep in mind for easier starts. Merrill Kelly disappointing given that it was the Pirates. Five innings pitch, three runs on four hits with three walks and six strikeouts. All the runs scored in the fourth inning with just one ball that left the infield, so it could have very easily been a shutout. This doesn't really change my thinking on him. I'll keep using him moving forward. Coming out of the bullpen, Tanner Scott got a four-out save with three strikeouts. That's his 16th on the year. Scott has gotten the last four Marlins saves, has put up at least one save per week the last three weeks. The Marlins don't win a ton, but when they do, the games are close. Scott's issue is he's struggling with walks. That's a long-standing issue for him, which means he likely hurts your rates and maybe doesn't stay in the job. Brian Shaw got his first save of the year for the Guardians, but he was the fourth choice for that save. Emmanuel Classe was unavailable, having pitched two straight. Trevor Steffen couldn't quite finish off a four-out save, and Angel De Los Santos couldn't get the final two outs after Steffen. He allowed the Tigers to tie the game and took the blown save. Shaw took the mound in the bottom of the 10th after the guards retook the lead and held on, but 
barely. Scott Barlow gave up the Vaughn home run, but that was his only flaw, and he struck out two on his way to his 18th save. Daniel Bard got his 24th save, despite giving up a run on a couple hits, but that's life for a Coors closer at home. Arizona was up six, so no save, but Mark Melanson got the ninth, went one, two, three with a strikeout. Good chance he's taken the job back at some point, if not already. John Triber got his fourth save, this of the two-inning variety, a couple of Ks and a hit. This is the first save for the team since Hauk was put on the IL. Hard to know if this is a sign that Schreiber has the job for now or just Cora riding the hot hand for a couple innings, but he is worth speculating on because he's been so good even without the saves. Rowan Wick closed out the Field of Dreams game for his seventh save, struck out two in the process. Wick now has the Cubs' last three saves, and he has a sub-three FIP over the last five to six weeks. He's an interesting saves option for sure. As we move to Friday's action. Let's start with the weather with our friend Mark Paquette. Thank you very much. Looking at the schedule for today, all night games, and it looks like we should be all set everywhere. A nice, comfortable, almost say fall air masses came into the upper Midwest, the Great Lakes region in the Northeast, and hey, no one's going to be complaining over there, and with it brings some dry weather. So go ahead and play, everyone, and have a good Friday. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. If you're looking for streamers on Friday, I got to be honest, I don't have a lot of good options for you. Nothing looks that exciting. I mean, you got guys like Cal Quantrill, but he's got the Blue Jays. You've got some pretty good pitchers. Mike Clevenger, not really a streamer, although he's got a great matchup with the Nationals. Austin Voth's been better lately, and so maybe you could take a shot on him versus the Rays, but I'm not not loving that one. Just a lot of, a lot of not great choices. If you're looking for offenses to pick up, Well, there I've got some help for you. The Padres are facing Corey Abbott. I assume they are going to go off in a big way. The White Sox get Daniel Norris, and I think they could put up a big game as well. I honestly don't really trust Nathan Uvalde or Domingo Herman in the Yankees-Red Sox game. The Mariners get Julio Rodriguez back and are facing Josh Spores. Adam Aller has to take on the Astros. Zach Davies and Antonio Sensatella in cores. Just a lot of options out there for pitchers who may get hit hard. In terms of what I'm going to be watching on Friday, I'm very intrigued to see Tyler Mott. Molly's second start with the Twins. He gets the Angels on the road. Patrick Sandoval facing off against him. That should be a pretty good matchup, and it's going to start to go a long way to telling us whether Tyler Molly was a game-changing pickup for the Twins or not. I'm also very curious to see what Daniel Lynch does with the Dodgers. I wouldn't dare risk starting him, but he's been very good lately, and I would love to see him have a solid start, though I think it's pretty unlikely. Don't forget to go read the SP Roundup batter's box and reliever ranks over on Pitcher List. Once you finish those, you can settle in. Watch some baseball, and I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.